And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to A Pawn for the Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal, and we are back. Put it in big, bold letters. We are back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Woo, it's been a minute. And thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us for another episode of Upon Further Review, brought to you by the good folks at Coors Light. And man, like I said, it has been two weeks. Gosh, has it really been two weeks since we've been in this building? Well, not in this building, but in this uh, in our beautiful pod studio. Because last week we were fully immersed in the majesty, in the excitement, in the entertainment, in the lights, camera, action of the Super Bowl down at Mandalay Bay. We were on Media Row, and uh, yeah, we did a ton of stuff, a lot of stuff. We're very busy, but we weren't in this building. And it feels good to be back. It really, really does. Uh, We have a lot to catch up on. We have a lot to look forward to. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but in just about, what are we, 10 days, 11 days, we're going to be in Indianapolis for the NFL Scouting Combine. What offseason? Uh, but yes, we have a lot to go through. We are excited to be back here in this building. We are feeling really good about the show today. We are getting our legs back under us. It feels like kind of, you know, when you have like an all-star break or uh, I guess really there's no all-star break in the NFL, but the all-star break in like basketball or baseball. And you're like, ah, oh, man, those first couple games back, those legs are a little tighter than they, uh, they usually are. You're not in rhythm. Well, that's us right now. We're getting back in the swing of things in a big way, but we are feeling good. We are feeling all right. Uh, In just a few minutes, we're going to play one of our favorite interviews uh, from Media Row last week. It's a friend of the program, PFF Trevor, a.k.a. Trevor Sykema, a.k.a. Tampa Bay Trey. And, uh, yeah, it was good to catch up with him. We caught up with a lot of people. I was going through the numbers yesterday uh, of the folks that we talked to, of the interviews we did, of the people that we hung out with. And we were, gosh, I want to say just about 25 people came through our set in, in some way, shape, or form to kick it with us, talk the silver and black, talk Super Bowl, talk general shenanigans. And man, it was a blast. And, and really, it was a lot of fun for us because there were so many people that were involved in our process, right? We had our team that was down there at, uh, at Mandalay Bay, as I said. There was our group that was back here in the control room at the, uh, at the facility. There were our folks that were working remote. I mean, we had... We were in a million different places. We really were. But somehow, some way, we brought it all together. And uh, and hopefully you guys enjoyed the content that we were able to bring you. And we're going to be uh, sprinkling that on the pod feeds and on .com and on Raiders YouTube over the next couple of weeks as we gear up for the combine. And then, man, a couple of weeks after that, we're going to wake up and it'll be time for free agency. And we're going to do this thing all again. Uh, but a few just kind of business notes before we get to our guy, Tampa Bay Trey. 
No transactions this week, uh, but we do uh, a, f- a few kind of odds and ends. We have not yet officially put out a finalized coaching staff for 2024, as those of you who peruse Raiders.com or just are dialed in on the silver and black will notice. Uh, co- coordinators, uh, obviously, uh, Luke Getze was the really the talk of the town for us for a few days when we were down at Mandalay Bay talking about what his addition will mean for the 2024 Las Vegas Raiders offensively, schematically, philosophically, where he falls in line with AP. Uh, we're hoping to get some time with Luke in the coming days and weeks uh, to get a better kind of understanding of what he's going to bring to the table, what he likes, what is important to him, and kind of what he's looking for on the offensive side of the football for your Las Vegas Raiders this upcoming season. But uh, outside of that, uh, like I said, we're waiting for a finalized coaching staff. Uh, once Antonio Pierce and company, Tom Telesco and the boys figure that out, we will be the first ones to bring you a finalized staff for that. But as we wait, we have a lot of things upcoming, as I said. Uh, and as we sit here and record, as we're back to our Thursday cadence, which makes me oh so happy because my the scheduler in me is very, very pleased. Uh, what we do now is we have a lot of important dates upcoming, a lot of things uh, that are headed down the uh, headed down the pipeline for your old Las Vegas Raiders as we pull up our important dates document. Here we go, as the internet helps me out. So as we sit here the day after Valentine's Day on February 15th, we have a lot, a lot, a lot to keep an eye on. Primarily the HBCU Legacy Bowl. That will be this upcoming, let me do my math real quick, this upcoming Monday, or next Monday, I should say, on the 19th. Uh, that's at Yeoman Stadium in New Orleans. Uh, and then in terms of the business of the league, on February 20th, that is the first day the clubs can designate franchise or transition players. Obviously, those of you who have a keen eye on the silver and black, that is a date to just kind of circle and uh, keep an eye on because, hey, New regime, new front office this year, uh, but anytime uh, you know we can get an, a sense of what they want to do, uh, we will keep an eye on that. And that is February twentieth, first day for franchise or transition players. And then I teed it up at the top, February twenty seventh, as I said, which is pretty wild in less than two weeks now. The twenty twenty four. NFL Scouting Combine kicks off at one of my favorite places in the world, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. And guess what? We're going to be there. We sure are. Uh, Silver and Black Productions going on the road, as we always do this time of the year, to get everything squared away, to get dialed in on, uh, on your Las Vegas Raiders and what will be coming down the pipeline in terms of the draft. And not only will we... And I say we being me and some of the some of the crew be out there. Uh, our host for the NFL, the Raiders NFL uh, Draft Podcast, Bucky Brooks and Rhett Lewis will also be there. So we're gonna have a little crossover collabo content. It'll be great to see Bucky and Rhett in person. And I gotta say, man. Uh, episode three uh, of the Raiders NFL Draft podcast drops later this week. I implore all you guys, man. They have come back with a vengeance in season two. Season one was awesome, incredibly educational. I think we all learned a lot uh, throughout the course of, of their show. But man, they are bringing the heat. They took it to another level uh, in the early goings of season two. So, like I said, man, I encourage all of you guys to go take a look at that, listen in, watch whatever you want to do because Bucky and Red have been bringing the heat big time, uh, and we really, really appreciate them for. Every Everything that they do for Silver and Black Productions. In addition to that, right, because it is a busy couple days for us when we go to Indy, we are going to see Bucky and Rhett. We are going to have a palm further review. We are going to sit down with Tom Telesco and Antonio Pierce. We are going to get kind of our first 
I don't want to say in-person conversation with Tom because obviously we sat down with him the day that he was announced as the GM. But now it'll be about, if I'm doing my math correctly, about six or seven weeks since Tom took the job uh, and we're going to have an opportunity to sit down and chat with him. So it'll be great to kind of do a status update Right on, on what Tom has, has kind of learned, where he has, where he's at in the process of evaluation. Obviously, we'll have a, a coaching staff by then. Uh, it'll be really interesting to kind of just see where he's at uh, as he goes through season one uh, as general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. But in addition to all that, we will have our first stop indie podcast, our combine podcast focused on everything Indianapolis and everything Combine. So we're going to talk to some of our friends around the league, and it, we will uh, we will make sure that we are, are providing the best Combine content. That's a tough one to say. That we humanly can. Uh, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot. We are rocking and rolling again every single year when we get to this point in the, in the, uh, in the calendar. Super Bowl lens. We kind of collectively exhale for a minute, and then I get the notification from our, our incredible travel staff here that, hey, Hey, dude, 10 days, you're off to Indy, and uh, it's time to go to the Combine. Uh, and as you guys know, I love, love, love the Combine. It's one of my favorite events. I think the NFL does an incredible job with it each and every year. I am the uh, the president of the Keep the Combine in Indy fan club, and I'm so grateful we're going back there again this year. But, man, you, you just forget how quickly we kind of turn the page, how quickly we now look ahead to 2024 uh, and what Tom Telesco and Antonio Pierce and their collective staffs are going to do for your Las Vegas Raiders. But... As we look ahead to 2024, as we kind of get our bearings on what the Raiders need to do to this roster to compete uh, against the back-to-back Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, uh, it's great to hear from one of our guys, uh, from PFF's very own Tampa Bay Trey. Trevor, one of the the kind of lead draft guys now uh, at this point in the game, a dude who does it in a really fun, unique way, a guy who is really passionate about the draft, a guy who makes all of us smarter every time that we have an opportunity to sit down and chat with him. And that was once again the case when we sat down with him at the Mandalay Bay last week. So without further ado, enjoy our conversation with PFF's own Trevor Sykema. Media Row continues rolling. We're here with that guy, Tampa Bay Trey, Trevor Sikkim from PFF. And, dude, first of all, it's so nice to see you in person. We do the, you know, the Zoom, the virtual, whatever it is. But having you here in the flesh, seeing that majestic beard, it feels good, brother. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, man. I was just saying to somebody the other day, they were like, oh, you know, a lot of travel for you coming up because we do Shrine Bowl, Senior yep. Bowl as well. So now we're obviously here in Vegas for the Super Bowl. And they're like, are you nervous? And I was like, no, I'm excited. I get to see my friends yep. basically it, just in this period of time, and I just get to see all my media friends so it's great doing stuff with this with you. it is and especially for us like selfishly like we're at home right you know we get to sleep in our right. own beds every night and <laughs> right. it's been a blast i know we're still so early in the week but like what have your impressions kind of been of vegas and, and hosting this uh monstrosity that is the super bowl yeah obviously vegas is a city that is no stranger to hosting all sorts of big events and so when i saw that it was there this year this is actually my first time doing a super bowl media week in person and so mm. i don't have anything to go off of but it's great. I mean, I love it. Like, obviously, the, the infrastructure is fantastic. You're walking around all the different casinos. You know, you're seeing every, all your buddies, everything. No shortage of places to eat. Super spacious, beautiful area here in Mandalay Bay. So, I mean, it's been a fantastic experience so far. And I always tell a bunch of people, too, like, Vegas is built to do these kinds of events. 100%. Right? Like, you look yeah. at like, Vegas, what is your thing? And it's putting on events. Yes. Doing it at a very high level and having, really, the eyes of the sporting world on this place. So, it's a lot of fun. Yep. Speaking of a lot of fun, though, we are now in one of my favorite seasons. We are in mock draft season. Yes. And uh, we look at the 
your most recent mock, and I want to—I'll I'll couch it by saying that I'm pretty sure you did this mock before Antonio Pierce was hired officially. So I want to get back to that yes. in just a sec. But you had the Raiders going defensive in round one, which I think is an interesting play. I think that a lot of fans will be excited about that and the mm. beauty of the mock draft. A lot of discourse. Who did you have the Raiders taking at 13, and kind of what was your thought process behind that? Yeah. So for that mock draft, I had them taking Clemson cornerback Nate Wiggins, who. Man, I, I know Raiders fans have kind of gone back and forth with, with a handful of them over the last month or so as they've really turned the page into draft season. And they talk about corner being a big need for this team, and it's a really good year to need a corner, especially at the top, especially where they're picking. 13, okay, maybe they don't get the first corner off the board, but we've got four or five corners in this class who could all be starters in year one, I think. Uh, and so you don't even have to get the very first guy in this class. And uh, I can't remember if Wiggins ended up being CB1 or CB2 in that mock draft that I did, but man, he is such a fiery competitor. There are a couple of reps where you could just tell, he went up against Keon Coleman, which was one of the best wide receivers in college football this past year at Florida State, and you could tell that before the game, he must have gone to coaches and was like, give me Keon as much as possible. He's just, he's got that kind of an attitude, that kind of a mentality, long at six foot two, can give you that press coverage type of length to be able to play man coverage close. Uh, but I think he's smart in zone as well. He's got great recovery speed. And there were a couple of reps this year where an interception happened or a fumble, balls going the other way, and you just see this dude fly off the screen, high effort player, and there's one where he ends up making a tackle and, and I believe forcing a fumble right before this guy even gets to the goal line. It's just, that's the kind of effort that on top of the really good coverage ability, you point to those and go, give me that type mm -hmm. of a football player. And to play corner, you've got to be a fiery competitor as a prerequisite. That is something that is non-negotiable, and Nate Wiggins has a lot of that. You know, I think what's exciting too for this fan base is they've waited so long to have a good defense. They've waited sure. so long. And I think, candidly, going into last year, if you would have told the fan, like, hey, you're going to have a middle-of-the-road defense, they would have been jumping for joy. They would have been like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And at the end of the year, I mean, this defense, and granted, I, I do wear my silver and black colored glasses, Trevor, but, like, this defense was playing a really solid brand of football. So to add another explosive, to your point, an explosive playmaker, a guy who can be versatile in Patrick Graham's scheme, it makes a lot of sense for the silver and black. Yeah, and, and getting back to your point, just the overall defense, Defensive culture of this team, I think, took a step in the right direction when Antonio Pierce had a bigger voice. And now moving forward, he's going to be the head coach. Obviously, like everything that he did in the defensive side of the ball with him in his playing days, like that's something that means a lot to specifically defensive players. Yeah. I think it means a lot to the whole locker room when you have a guy who's been in your shoes and has gone through that blood, sweat, and tears. Not that it, you have to. There's plenty of good coaches that they didn't play nearly as long or, or maybe didn't play at all at that level. But there is something special, especially something motivating when the guy who's on the headset has also been yeah. in the trenches where you're at. And so I think it's no shock that the defense continued to play well as the season went on, even when you look at the Raiders and there's always something to play for, right? I think in, even when the record isn't exactly what you want it to be, individual pride comes into play, you know, future contracts, those kinds of things. And so these guys never give up, but for them to continue to get 
better. Continue for them to play with a passion, I think, means that you got the right guy in charge calling things for them. You know, I think, what, you know, for us as fans, too, Trevor, I think what was great is to see when AP came in that there was an unquestioned kind of, uh, you know, the vibe shift, yes, but it was like we knew who the Raiders were going to be, right? They wanted to be yes. stout defensively. Yep. They wanted to run the ball. They wanted to give their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, uh, a little opportunity to work off the play action. But, like, it was very clear from day one what they were going to be about, who they wanted to be. And yes. when they found success, especially from November 1 on, they followed that formula to a T. So I think if you're able to go into 2024, make a good defense even better, ooh, now you're cooking with the ass a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's and, and what you mentioned is so important. And there are some parts of this game that get more complicated than they need to be. But knowing who you are and having that identity being a steady force for you as the season goes on, because it's never going to be perfect. Yeah. But you can't really change who you are, right? You've got to be able to go into the season and adjustments are one thing, but who you are as a defense, you know, the, the, the players that you draft, the schemes that you put in place before the season starts, you know, like all of that stuff has to go into an identity. And when you know who you are and you're not fickle about that, that's something that makes it easy for players to buy in and continue to want to get better, to continue to think, okay, this is the week where it really all turns around for us. So uh, I, I do agree with you there. I think that that's a, that's a really important point that a lot of people don't think about, and I think that that is a, uh, a good quality characteristic of AP. You know, we were talking to Albert Breer yesterday, and he, and he brought up a good point where he was like, there's so much focus on the quarterback, right, not only with the Raiders this year, but just in general. Of and he course, goes like, right. You know, especially a, a new regime. you got Tom Telesco, AP now here in a permanent size. He goes, you just got to be careful about finding your guy and not saying, hey, I need to get a guy. You have right. to find the guy. And he's like, you know, you, you go into the calculus of like, what would it take to move from 13 to four or 13 to six, whatever it may be. But I'm kind of curious, just from your perspective, when you look at that kind of second tier of quarterbacks, you know, obviously Caleb and Drake May and Jaden Daniels are going to, you know, go where they go. But right. when you look at that second tier, the Bo Nixes of the world, the Michael Penix Juniors of the world, like what kind of stands out to you from that group of guys? I like those two guys. I really do. I, I, I think that we're in a situation where we could have five, maybe six quarterbacks go in the first round. It all kind of depends on what happens in free agency. But you look at free agency, and there's not a lot of surefire starting quarterbacks that are going to be out there. Um, so we'll have to see kind of like how those chips fall. But I really do think that we've got talent in this quarterback group for 2024 where that many guys could go in the first round. And, yeah, I get to see Bo Nix and Michael Penix up close not too long ago when we were in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. And sure neither of those guys really grabbed that qb1 for the week you know title by the reins there were still really great moments from those players and i think when you look back at their bigger body of work the higher volume uh reps and statistics from them especially over this past year really good football players i mean michael Penix. I, I know the, 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 the throwing motion, it's a little unorthodox. You know, the footwork's not always exactly the way that it needs to be. But this dude's got a rocket of an arm, and he is a big game thrower, man. He I saw it at the Pac-12 Championship dude, here. I, oh, I man, okay. I, I, I wasn't going to bring I it know, up. But, look, he, dude, and, and that is what Michael Penix does at his best. And I think he's got that kind of a mentality to him. Look, people talk about the age with both of these guys. You got quarterbacks today playing at 37, 38, 39, playing fantastic football. You don't even have to go into the Tom Brady 40-plus category to know that, okay, so what? They're a little bit older. If you nail it at quarterback, you're getting these guys for two contracts anyways. That's well into their mid-30s. That's plenty of time. So I, I think that the age thing is overblown with each of them. I think Penix gives you 
without question, NFL-level arm talent. I think Nix does as well. But, man, what I saw from him over the past year of the weapon that he was, not just with his arm but with his leg as well, you want to get more RPO things into it, which Luke Getzey might want to do as the offense coordinator. Sure, Nix's average depth of target was a little bit lower because of Oregon's scheme, but you saw plenty of times. I mean, people talk about Troy Franklin, his wide receiver, is one of the better intermediate and deep threat wide receivers of this class. Who's throwing him the football? Nix is. And so when you see a lot of those beautiful Troy Franklin plays, you can't discount the guy that's facilitating him the football. And so both of those guys, I think, would be worthy first-round investments. And uh, that is still the range that I think that those two guys could go in. You know, granted, I'm I'm a Pac-12 guy. Rest in peace. I'm not going to pretend... Oh. Not be a Pac-12 guy, but like gone I, too I, soon. I know, gone too soon. One thing that I really appreciate about the quarterbacks in particular is that both the Knicks and Penix have, are guys that have done it for more than a season, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's there has to we have to place value on guys that can do it for more than six months at a time. Yes. When you're going through your evaluation process, like if if you're a guy like Penix who has had ups and who's had downs, or a guy like Bo who's been in college for 19 seasons, right? Like how do you kind of mix that calculus of like yeah he's been doing it for a long time, but he's been doing it at like I'm kind of just curious what the what factor the experience plays in all that I mean it's it's it it's kind of different depending on who you're talking about and experience is is often tricky we like guys with experience but not too much but then we don't like yeah. older prospects you know what I'm yeah. saying and it's like man I think we overblow it a little bit here the, okay for running back I think age is more of an issue because if you are a good running back and you're not coming into the league until you're let's say 23, 24, you've probably been playing running back a long time. The same can be said with linebacker. These are two of the more physical positions in the game. So because of that, you have a lot more wear and tear on your body just playing a very physical position. So when you get to the league and you're 24, if your rookie contract is up and you're 28, 29, that's probably about it. Whereas if you're drafting a running back and they're 20, okay, maybe you could realistically get two contracts out of them and, and you could kind of increase that value and that longevity. But when it comes to quarterback, they're not taking a lot of wear and tear on their body. Especially now, too. You can't touch the and, quarterback. And experience you know. is so important. Uh, you know, at PFF, we have a lot of different metrics, a lot of different data points. And The most important thing for us to remember when we are going over this and we try to explain to everybody is large sample sizes are really important. You know, yes, there's something valuable to let's look at Jaden Daniels, right? And he had elite rushing grades, elite passing grades this past year. But it's one year where he's been an elite player. So you have to kind of go into it and say, I mean, he graded out very, very well, but it's not like a large sample size of grading out really well. Knicks, the last two years, has been one of the most, you know, uh, cautious and I say that as, as like a compliment like his turnover worthy play rate has been one of the lowest in college football his play under pressure has only gotten better over the last two years and so now you have a you're having larger sample sizes to point to to say okay the Auburn days that everybody complains about they feel like a thing of the past it feels like he really transferred and became like a new bow and and I think the same was there with Michael Penix as well it's helped with Michael Penix that he's been healthy the last two years he's been able to showcase his talent that he had all along because I mean my first exposure to Michael Penix was actually when he was at Indiana that Ohio State game where he went into the horseshoe and we went hold up, is Ohio State about to get beat by this by this quarterback here at Indiana and ends up being Michael Penix? And we see that, you know, fast forward a couple of years, what he was able to do with Washington. And so, uh, yeah, look, to me, especially from the quarterback position, 
I'd rather you have experience. I'd rather you be able to hit the ground running, especially if you're a first round pick. And so that's kind of the way that I, I kind of look at some of these older prospects when it comes to QBs. It just does not bother me, especially if you've been able to string together multiple years of showing that you are this type of a player. And, I, and I'm with you, man. I like the consistency. I like a guy who, like I said, has been able to do it for more than six months at a time. But, yeah. Troy, before we get you out of here, give me, give me like a day three guy that you like. Give me someone that you're like, this is, this is a dude. Like, this is a guy who's going to end up, he's going to make an NFL roster. He's going to be a day three guy, but he's going to end up contributing in some way, shape, or form in 2024. Man, I, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you a Shrine Bowl guy. And yes. I, I don't know if, I don't know if he's going to be a day three guy at this point because he played so well. But Christian Boyd from Northern Iowa, their defensive tackle there. He's had back-to-back -back years where he's graded really, really well for us. Um, comes in at the Shrine Bowl, measures in about six foot two, 320 pounds. So a little bigger than what he was listed at, but also a little bit shorter than what he was listed at. He was was unblockable. He was completely unblockable. And Northern Iowa doesn't get a lot of NFL draft love very often. And so for that, I think that he was probably viewed as this more like, ah, you know, mid-day three player. But he played so well. He might be working his way into that, like, late day two range. But he is just somebody who, when you talk about, like, a sleeper, somebody who people don't really know very well. And I'm, I'm, I'm just saying the Raiders could maybe be taking an interior defensive lineman at some point in the draft. This guy's somebody to watch out for as uh, somebody who was truly unblockable. It felt like for every one-on-one -on -one he was up against. I love that. And that's the best part of draft season, right? You get to find these little, you know, you know, hidden gems. These guys yep. from Northern Iowa, that's yep. from South Southwestern State, and that's what we love having you on for. But before we let you go, where can the people find you? I, I know you guys are crushing the content over at PFF. I know you're really, really busy this week. Where can everyone find you, Jeff? Yeah, PFF.com. You know, we're we're updating the big board that we have there, the mock draft simulator for everybody out there that wants to run their own mock drafts. You can do that over at pff.com. Uh, we're running a sale right now. Actually, if you want the full unlocked mock draft simulator experience, 30 MDS, we'll get you 30% off there. And then uh, we got an NFL draft podcast as well. Myself and Connor Rogers, NFL Stock Exchange. So anybody out there really wants to dive deep into this class and different strengths and weaknesses of a lot of the positions. And of course, the mock drafts for all the Raiders fans out there. Come check us out over at the NFL Stock Exchange on YouTube. Yes, yes, yes. I would encourage everyone to go hang out with Trevor and his friends. They do a fantastic job. We're going to have to catch up with you later on in draft season. Absolutely, man. Uh, unfortunately, that probably won't be in person. So we got to treasure these moments. It's so good <laughs> to have you here in person. But hey, man, seriously, best of luck. Congrats on all the success. We'll talk to you soon, okay? I appreciate it, man. Anytime. A big shout out to our guy, PFF Trevor, a.k.a. Tampa Bay Trey, a.k.a. Trevor Sykema, our guy, man. And like I said, it, it's, uh, it's so fun to, to kind of get a chance to uh, have these conversations, uh, whether it's at Media Row or in, or in Indy, wherever it is. Because I always say, my goal coming out of these chats, whether it's with Trevor or Ian Rappaport, whoever it is, I just want to feel smarter. I want to feel like I learned a little bit something. And Trevor is great at kind of breaking it down and making it feel like, hey, when we do come out of this conversation, we did learn a lot. So big shout out to him. And hopefully we get a chance to hang out with him and the rest of the PFF squad while we are out there in Indy in a few weeks. But before we get out of here, man, I don't care if it's the off season, we're still cracking cold ones. Uh, and before we hit the road today, I'm going to crack a cold one. I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to look inward at our incredible squad. And I'm going to crack a cold one for Silver and Black Productions. Because man, Busy, busy week last week for all of us. And as I said, it was really, I think, uh, it was awesome to see our, our entire collective, whether we were on site at Mandalay Bay, whether we were remote, whether we were here in the control room at the facility, everyone working together, pulling in the same direction. It is a lot, man. Like, it, you know, any Super Bowl, there is a ton of stuff going on. 
There is just no shortage of things to do, places to be, things to cover, conversations to have. But when you are kind of the host city like we were, it's just amplified 10x. And then when you have, like I said, everyone's in a million different places, it gets even harder and more complicated. Uh, but man, our crew did an incredible job, just an awesome job making sure that we were one operational and we were able to do the shows that we wanted to do and they were able to look, they were able to look and sound the way that we wanted them to look and sound. Uh, but you know, the communication between people being in multiple areas, uh, you know, kind of making sure that our, our plan was able to be flexible and malleable. And we we're going to say, hey, we're going to get a little funky today. It's going to get weird. Uh, but at the end of the day, we were able to pull it together is really, really cool. Uh, and like I said, man, just really proud of our squad, man. We did a, did a great job. And, uh, and hopefully this is not our last Super Bowl here in Las Vegas that we get to work. And I have a feeling that it won't be because, man, what an incredible week. What an incredible game. Uh, Allegiant Stadium looked awesome on TV. It was all, I will say to admit though, it was kind of weird being uh, being on the couch watching the game, which is hey, which is where I wanted to be. Like I am, you know, after a long season, a long week, it was nice to sit down, and enjoy uh, and enjoy the Super Bowl with the, with the boss and and the little man for his first one. But it is kind of funky seeing two teams play in Allegiant that aren't the Raiders. Right, and, and we see that from time to time with the bowl games, and, and the Pac-12 championship game has been there, and and certainly the uh, the college football playoff will, will come to Vegas at some point. But you know, just seeing two NFL teams go through a full warm-up, go through a full four, really almost a full five quarters of football at the home stadium was kind of funky. But uh, the stadium looked awesome; everything looked and sounded incredible. Pretty good game too, which doesn't hurt uh, doesn't hurt things. But man, I cannot wait until we, the Silver and Black, are black are back playing meaningful football in that beautiful stadium. But we have a lot to get to before then. We have a lot of conversations to have. We have a lot of folks to talk to. And we have a lot of questions that we need answered about your 2024 Las Vegas Raiders. And over the next couple weeks and months, I promise you we are going to do our best to get you all all those answers, or at least as many as we can uh, in, uh, in good faith. So until next week, for Eddie Pascal, our guest this week, Trevor Sigma, everyone else at Silver and Black Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll see you guys next week, same time, same place, for our next episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network.